The Medallion, Chapter 34 Kate gritted her teeth at the sound of Jorid walking up the steps overhead. The echo of his command and the chorus of response from the company of soldiers was almost more than she could stand. The bald man returned to the entrance across the hall and the gate closed. Kate's great companion slipped from under the stairs and lowered Kate from his back. They are gone now. There is no need to be afraid. Kate nodded to him, but it wasn't fear tying her in knots, it was anger. Jorid was playing games and making deals with her medallion, and from the way he talked he could care less if she died when they took it from her. The gray man touched her shoulder and nodded toward a pile of boulders that appeared to block the far end of the tunnel. Follow me closely to the top, and then I will help you through. Please be careful. He climbed effortlessly over the rubble with Kate right behind him. At the top, Kate worked her way around a thin slab of painted rock that had fallen partly down but was still wedged up against the ceiling. The man stood waiting behind it, holding a curious blue rope that dangled from a dark opening overhead. Kate grabbed the rope and climbed to the top, pulling herself over the lip and onto a ledge. Ahead, a narrow tunnel ran above the ceiling. The rope moved and she looked down at the man. He was ascending toward her, but he wasn't climbing. The rope was getting shorter and lifting him up through the hole. Landing on the ledge beside her, he coiled up the rope and clipped it to his side. I was going to carry you up. I didn't expect you to climb away from me so fast. Your mother never mentioned that you possess such strength and dexterity. Kate's cheeks colored at his compliment. She wasn't at all winded from climbing up the rocks, and it had been easy to pull herself up the rope. It had to be the glow of the medallion or possibly the light from the Lumians that was giving her more strength and energy. Perhaps when we have time I can teach you some of our ways, like I did for your sister. With the right training, I believe you would be a match, even for the Rakash. He bowed. My name is Garrick, and I am the leader of your mother's bodyguards, the Grey Men. He touched the camouflage paint on his face. At least that's the name the people of the Corps know us by. A rock rolled below, and Garrick lowered his voice. We need to keep moving. Edging past Kate, he disappeared into the darkness. Kate followed, but stumbled on the uneven floor. Reaching inside her back pocket, she pulled out the medallion. As its glow lit up the tunnel before her, Garrick stopped and waited for her to catch up. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have left you. He stared at the medallion, then at her face. Your mother sent that medallion with the boy called Corvin, but then he jumped off the bridge. How could he get it to you in the rebel base? There was a hint of accusation in the man's voice. Surely he didn't think Corvin was helping the rebels. Forgive me, he said with a small bow. This is none of my affair. You can discuss what has happened to Corvin with your mother. Leaving her to follow, he turned down a hallway that began to descend through many twists and turns, then doubled back on itself. Where was he taking her? Garrick seemed nice enough, but then so had Jorid at first. Both of them were very interested in the medallion, and neither of them thought much of Corvin. But even if she wanted to, she couldn't escape from the gray man in this bewildering maze. Garrick paused and turned around. It's not much farther now. Are you all right? Kate noticed his eyes were still focused on the glow of the medallion. I'm fine. He looked up at her and smiled. Your mother was not sure if you would agree to meet with her or not. It's been such a long time since you have spoken. He moved off and Kate followed. No wonder Tirith hadn't talked about her mother. Something must have gone wrong between them. The tunnel widened and Kate caught up with Garrick and shone the light of the medallion ahead. Thank you, Tirith. It's much better to be able to see where you're going. I've been this way many times in the dark and memorized the turns, but it is friendlier in the light. I would imagine that with you being raised at the temple, you have not spent much time below the city. 
This is my first time here. It wasn't a lie, but there was a bit of guilt for deceiving him into thinking she was Tirith. Why did he think she lived at the temple? Wasn't Jorid the one that lived at the temple and Tirith at the palace? The echo of their footsteps fell away as the tunnel opened up into a large room. A foul stench hung in the air, reminding Kate of the time she discovered the rotting carcass of a mouse in her closet. Garrick stopped. It would be best to put your light away and let me guide you through this place. It's not a pleasant sight, depending on what they found to eat before they all left. Kate reluctantly slipped the medallion around her neck and under her tunic. She held out her hand and allowed him to lead her across the room. Each time her feet slipped, the odor grew stronger. This used to be one of the main layers of the broken. It was not possible to journey this way until they all followed Corvin into the abyss. His grip tightened just a bit. It's the fastest way to get to where we're going, but I'm not totally sure they are all gone. Kate found herself holding his hand tighter. Whoever the broken were, they must be pretty nasty to be capable of making this strong man afraid. And why were they following Corvin? A breeze wafted over them as they entered a smaller space. The air was stale, but better than the cavern they were just in. They turned a few corners, climbed a sharp incline, and the man stopped. He let go of her hand and spoke quietly. Although you climb well, this is a difficult channel that leads to a ledge that sticks out overhead. It may be best if you let me use my rope to carry you up. He put an arm around Kate's waist and there was a sensation of quick movement upward, then he released her. The ledge is narrow, so please stay close to the wall. I'm going to use my crippen to climb higher and ensure the city street above us is secure. Then I will return and pull you up. Something soft was pressed into her hand. Here is some bread, princess, in case you get hungry. I will come back as soon as I can. She felt him lift away from her and a square of light appeared overhead. In a flash she was through and the trapdoor closed. Kate tried to see below her perch. What if these broken ones he was so afraid of were still there and climbed the walls? Tucking the long loaf under her arm, she cupped the medallion in her hands and focused the beam of light downward. She appeared to be well out of reach of anyone below, and the walls looked too smooth to climb. Something moved on the floor below. Kate held her breath and listened. Everything was deathly quiet, then something scraped on the rocks. Kate waited, and it came again, a rasp of sound, like a sack of potatoes being pulled across the floor. She shone her light across the room. Who's there? Something moved just outside the pool of light. Two thin arms appeared, propelling a woman's torso into view. Her gaunt face lifted up from the floor, wisps of long hair trailing from her scalp. The arms pulled again, and her twisted legs came into the light. The woman kept dragging herself toward Kate's perch, with eyes that shone like a cat in the night. Another ragged body hopped into view. It was another woman, with a narrow face and high cheekbones, but only one leg. More women scrabbled toward the light, each of them maimed in some way. They crowded in below her perch and stared up at her like silent ghosts. They were all so still that only the sound of their shallow breathing gave any indication they were even alive. Kate held the loaf of bread out over the edge. It's all I have. I'm sorry. She dropped it, and the bread bounced off the wall into the waiting hands of the woman balancing on one leg. Tearing off small pieces of bread, she handed them out to those around her. They all chewed slowly, their eyes never leaving Kate. Kate spread her hands out in an empty gesture. That's all there is. The eyes followed her outstretched hand. It's your light that attracts them, a man's voice spoke from the darkness. You will need to put it out before they will leave. Kate tried to see the source of the voice, but the man was standing just outside the medallion's glow. 
She tucked the disc under her tunic, and after a long silence, the women below began scraping their way back into the darkened tunnels. No wonder Garrick had called these women the broken. But then why was he so afraid of them? The voice came again, this time from immediately below her perch. Now you and I can have a little chat while we wait for your gray guardian to return. The calm voice sounded like one of the old men who played checkers at the baron's store. Who are you? Kate asked. Ah, that is the wrong question. The question is, who are you? I am, Kate hesitated. She did not know who was standing below, but did not want to pretend she was Tirith. My name is Kate. Ah, yes. Compassion and honesty, a good mix. That is why the medallion glows so strongly for you. I've never seen it quite so bright. You've seen this medallion before? Not that particular one, but I have carried the light in my lifetime before that old liar stole it from me. He tried to kill me too, but I managed to escape with my own medallion. That put a kink in his great plans. A soft chuckle filled the air and was cut off by a hacking cough. Are you all right? Kate asked. No, I'm not all right, the voice snapped back. Would you be all right if you had to hide out in these stinking caverns with a bunch of Lumian-crazed men? But it's the only place he would never think of looking for me. Who? Who? The voice rose in irritation. The grand fraud, the great liar himself. Deceived the whole council with his white robes and silver tassels. We all believed him because we thought the chamber was true, but we were wrong, very wrong. A shiver went through Kate's body. She had seen that robe on the man she had met on the chamber in her last visit to the Corps. At first he was kind to her, but later he had terrified her. She was searching her memories when the man's voice snapped at her. So have you seen him? Does he still have it? Have it? My medallion. Does that young boy who cannot talk still have my medallion? I gave it to him to keep it safe in case that old liar came looking for me. I don't know who that is. A nice boy. Gavin was his name. He brought me food and clothes, but now he's gone. I'm sorry, Kate said. I don't have any more bread to... I understand the hammer is back in Kadir. That doesn't bode well. Now that old deceiver will attack Kadir with all the power at his disposal and will not leave one stone unturned to get the hammer back. He needs it to take over the core. Does he still show his wretched face in the chamber? I'm not sure who you're talking about, Kate said. You can't miss him. Always dressed in white, cleanest of them all. But he cheats the chamber. He was not there in his dreams like the other six. He discovered the location of the chamber and cut his way through to the door. That is how he took the hammer away. Now you can't see him for what he actually is, a deceiver and a murderer. I once met someone wearing a white robe in the chamber. He also wore white gloves, but his eyes were bluish and frightening. That would be him. That's what comes from using the seeds to keep himself alive all these years. No man should live that long, especially one so evil. A long silence with only the dripping of water from above had Kate wondering if he was still there. She was about to pull out the medallion to look when he spoke. Is the scepter still on the chamber table? There isn't a table, only the seven doors. There is a table. Both it and the stools rise from the floor when the council is called. The scepter and the hammer were kept in the table, but somehow the scepter was stolen. I don't know how it was done or who did it, but it stopped him from taking over the other cities. If he ever gets the hammer and the scepter and your glowing medallion in his possession, there will be no stopping him. His greed will devour the entire core. Muffled sounds came from overhead, and the voice below fell to a whisper. Your gray man is coming back. 
Do not mention that you talked with me and do not trust all that Torig tells you. She was there at the beginning of the Great Destruction and no one knows for sure what role she played. I'm not so sure she and her gray men can be trusted. You must be very careful. The trapdoor high over Kate's head opened and Garrick dropped down beside her. We must leave right away. All the soldiers from the palace are moving toward the crypts.